Welcome to Dial P for Procurement, a show focused on today's biggest spin, supplier, and contract management related business opportunities. Dial P investigates the nuanced and constantly evolving boundary of the procurement supply chain divide with a broadcast of engaged executives, providers, and thought leaders. Give us an hour and we'll provide you with a new perspective on supply chain value. And now it's time to Dial P for Procurement. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Kelly Barner here with you on Supply Chain Now. Kelly, how you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? We are doing wonderful. We have a big, big show yes, teed up do. here today. And I don't know, I don't know what weather's like up in the Boston area, but it is gorgeous. A little bit brisk here yeah. in Metro Atlanta, but it is gorgeous, and we're very grateful for that. Right? <laughs> we are. In fact, we had our first snow of the season. Uh, just over 24 hours ago, and that's now officially gone. So we're back to sort of normal November looking weather. <laughs> <laughs> okay, breaking records. All right. Yeah. Well, everybody, welcome to today's live stream. Hey, it's a special Dial P for Procurement here today, and we've got a big show lined up focused on key developments and insights on the state of supplier diversity report. So this is backed by popular demand. Kelly, you know, we featured the launch uh, of this intriguing research report last year, and it was fascinating. Uh, this is the fifth year for the report, and it's the largest data sample yep. yet as executives from across industry have provided their insa uh, insights and weighed in. So, Kelly, question, do you expect we'll learn something new uh, here today? Oh, there's no question. And obviously, I'm biased on this front. I love both books and movies. And you know how the movie is always better when it's based on a book that's my own point of view. We've also done a lot of live streams. And I just think that the depth that you get in a report-based live stream is second to none. So we are definitely going to learn some good new things. I am with you. I'm with you. We really enjoyed the pre-show conversations with our featured guests here, uh, two Dynamos. So, so stay tuned. We're going to bring our guests on in just a minute. But a couple things. We'll say hello to a few folks first. Uh, Joseph tuned in from Windsor, Hi, Canada. Hi, Joe. Joe, hope this finds you well. Great to have you. Look forward to your perspective here today. One of our faves, the um, supply chain and procurement illustrator. That's <laughs> right. I know our first ever live drawing. He's the Bob Ross of Dial P. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, and I heard a double R there, Kelly, in, in drawing. It's like, it's like <laughs> the, the Boston pronunciation. But hey, Jeff, hope this, <laughs> Jeff, hope this finds you well. Andy is tuned in via LinkedIn. Andy, let us know where you're tuned in from. Looking forward to your perspective here. Uh, Justin, hello to you. Uh, good morning. Let us know where you are tuned in from. Um, okay. So, Kelly, before we bring on our guest here today, a couple of quick programming notes. If you enjoyed today's conversation, hey, be sure to find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, dial P for procurement, yeah. right? If you love all things procurement, you can't miss that. So it, it drops weekly. And supply chain now, of course, it's a twofer. It's a BOGO. Uh, <laughs> subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Money back guarantee. But check it out. You won't regret that you did. Okay. So, Kelly, are we ready to introduce our guests here today? We are definitely ready. All right. So, no, with no further ado, I want to bring in our featured guest, Eileen Basum, CEO of Supplier IO, and Lois Iacker, Vice President of Customer Success at Supplier IO. Hey, hey, Eileen, how are you doing? Hi, wonderful. Hi, Scott. Hi, Kelly. It's fantastic to be here today. Thank you for having Lois and I to join this great discussion. You bet. And Lois, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you. Well, Kelly and I are tickled to have you both. Really looking forward to uh, diving into this year's uh, report. Before we get there, Kelly, we've we got a couple of quick questions uh, to get to know Lois and Eileen a little bit better. Are you ready? 
Absolutely. All right. So, Eileen, I want to start with you. Uh, you've been traveling a lot. I'm very jealous there, talking about supplier diversity and this report. So tell us some of the things that you've heard. How's it, how's it been resonating with the market? How have groups been responding, Eileen? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we have been talking a lot and have been traveling a lot. Uh, it's really nice to um, share our state of supply diversity report. Uh, it's been so fantastic to just get the feedback, but also share our findings. A um, lot of interesting, a lot of engaged conversations with our customers, um, as well as our partners um, and in the industry. Um, and for those of you uh, that are dialing in that might not be familiar with this report, um, it is, it's kind of as a part of our us partnering uh, with the corporations across industries committed to advancing uh, supplier diversity. Uh, we put this out, uh, report out every year. Uh, to Scott's point uh, earlier, this is our fifth year, which is so exciting. Um, and the report is really designed to um, identify these key trends and metrics and uh, storylines really uh, impacting the supplier diversity community um, to really help those leaders identify areas of either opportunities or uh, focus uh, in their program. So we certainly received a, a positive uh, response um, to this kind of information. We wanted to provide an actionable insight, not just talk about the trends, but really uh, a, a information that they can do something with. So it's been extremely exciting. Um, from the supplier that I have perspective, um, our mission is really uh, to provide that supplier diversity management solution, help organizations uh, with workforce demographics, doing economic impacts, and, and really help um, companies find these certified diverse suppliers, increase their diverse spend. Um, and truthfully, this mission is very important to me as well, um, very personal as being a woman foreign CEO who's been in the tech space for the last 16 years. Um, I'm originally from Turkey. And the fact that we can have a open dialogue um, about how we're all doing in supplier diversity and what uh, we can learn from each other to improve and really make a positive impact has been so fantastic. Wow. I love that. And, and Kelly, gosh, ton of passion and purpose yes. and practicality there. Kelly, your quick comment. And I'm going to go to Lois next. I, you know what? And I think it is that that combination of sort of getting a read on what's happening, but then figuring out, and so what now? Right. Mm -hmm. That's really the power of the data and the findings that we're going to go through today. Agreed. Very nice, Kelly. All right. So Lois, uh, talk about passion. I've really enjoyed our pre-show conversations. Part of your background is helping women-owned businesses get VC backing. So what are some of the unique challenges there that these business owners face? Um, so, so hi, Scott, and thank you for that question. And I think it's an important question and um, is a great add-on to the supplier diversity discussion yes. we're getting ready to have. And the reason why is that if you um, talk to a diverse supplier and ask, what are your two biggest challenges? We're going to say, not necessarily in this order, number one, contracts, number two, access to capital. And so in the last 20 years, I've been in business, uh, working with supplier diversity professionals across 100 hundreds of different companies, I have uh, really personally witnessed some of the successes that the supplier diversity profession has had on that access to contracts problem. Mm -hmm. And would love to see these same uh, professionals take on the access to capital problem that corporate or the venture capital community has not found a way to, to solve. 
And so first, just uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I want to just kind of give a quick overview of the problem. So uh, when we talk about the problem, you know, we start with 42% of the businesses in the U.S. are owned by women. 51% of the population are women. And then you kind of marry that against the fact that a mere 2.4% of the venture capital um, money, $300 billion, um, actually, that's invested in venture-backed companies, actually makes its way to women-led companies. Wow. Um, the even sadder part of this already sad story is that this number has not moved at all since I was working directly with high-growth women-owned businesses mm. in the early 2000s. So sad story, but I have a proposed solution or a, a solution for us to consider. Anyway. Okay. We love <laughs> solutions around here, by the yeah, way, uh, Lois, not is. So I'd love to see the supplier diversity professionals that have, you know, that are successfully tackling this access to contracts, mm. uh, access or um, target and take a look at and deal with the access to capital problem. And, you know, one of the ways that they can do that is by looking at the corporate venture funds that are sitting in their companies. Mm -hmm. So there's over $300 billion sitting in these corporate venture company funds that were, are within corporations that's either being invested or already invested in companies. And so there are 4,000 venture firms and um, across the world. And, and so if we can get these funds to become part of the diversity strategy, for their corporations, and if we can get those fund managers to be intentional about how they direct those investments, mm -hmm. the potential will have a huge impact on what is one of yeah. the major problems here. I love yeah. that. I think it's a really important observation, Lois, and it's it's something that goes right to the heart of the overall procurement value proposition, mm -hmm. right? Because so many times people will say, how can I show or how can I become a customer of choice to my suppliers? And I always mm -hmm. say the same thing pay them on time, right? right. <laughs> but if you're trying to grow a business, you need more than that, right? right. So there certainly are supply chain finance uh, programs that can be done. I love your call to VC funds. Mm -hmm. um, but basically what you're pointing out is that while companies may think about just specifically focusing on supplier diversity within procurement, this mm -hmm. is actually a much larger business opportunity, a very strategic one that every single person in the company can play a role to address. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. What a great starting point. Really quick, Kelly. Yes. I want to share a comment and say hello to a few more folks, and we're going to dive into uh, some outstanding research. So uh, Jeff, I think it's hitting one of the points that uh, that both uh, yes. Lois and Eileen spoke to. Cash flow constraints for sure are a major challenge to growing diverse suppliers. Thank you for that, uh, Jeff. Um, and then going back, uh, we've got Christina from Fort Lauderdale, the Sunshine State. Love that, Christina. Looking forward to your perspective. Anthony Mims from Atlanta, fellow Air Force veteran. Good to see you, Anthony. Uh, Jonathan tuned in from Detroit. Uh, Bill tuned in from up in your neck of the woods there, Kelly, the Commonwealth Excellent. of Massachusetts. Paula in Charlotte, the Queen City. Great to see you, Paula. Uh, Michael from Orlando. Justin from Dallas. A lot of folks from around the country. Great to have you. Hey, we'd love for y'all to weigh in on what you hear from these, uh, these three do. business leaders here. So, um, okay. So, Kelly, where are we going next with Eileen and Lois? So now we're actually going to focus on the findings of the report. And there are three key findings uh, that emerged this year. But before we dig into the details, I want to give both of you an opportunity just to sort of give us a, what's the, the lay of the land? What's sort of the overarching message that you take away from the report? So Eileen, let me start with you. What would you say is sort of the 30,000 foot level read on, on what this year's report tells us? 
Yeah, um, great question. So we'll definitely get into more details uh, on the findings, but the fact that one, there is some positive news. Uh, we are certainly making strides, um, um, a positive strides in the industry. Uh, we have a lot more um, engagement uh, from the executive teams, uh, no longer of the days that uh, companies are doing this as a kind of a check in the box, supplier diversity is very important, very much aligned with the uh, work culture and values. So we certainly see that, but we also see definitely that we have more work to do as it relates to um, how, um, maybe the how is answered now, but um, how, um, I'm sorry, maybe we actually answered why we need to have supplier ah, diversity now. Starting with why, one of our favorite yeah, approaches, Ali. That's right. But then you now we need to work more on the how uh, piece. Uh, how do we make these uh, programs successful? How do we make sure that we have the right budget, right staffing, right tool in places for them to, um, and right measurements and goal setting to be, you know, ensure that um, the programs are uh, successful. So, Certainly, um, those are some of the kind of the high levels and look forward to kind of diving in. Excellent. No, I, I think and absolutely we're going to have an opportunity to go into more of those um, as we go through the, the conversation. But it, absolutely, we're in a good place. There's more work to do, which is good because I personally love my job. And so we, we don't want to just accept where we've reached. We want to keep pushing. Um, now, Lois, let me ask you the, the same question. And I know your perspective will be important today because you spend so much face time right. with the heads of procurement, with the supplier diversity managers carrying this out. Um, from sort of a boots on the ground perspective, what's your overall read on the report? Um, so my, my read on the report is that it's an exciting time. Um, for supplier diversity. So, you know, again, it's taken 50 years to get here, but they're, you know, finally in the spotlight and for the first time being regarded as truly strategic corporate initiatives in a broad way. But the other thing I'll say, and it's reflected in the report, um, is the shift didn't happen gradually over time. You know, it was kind of almost literally overnight um, on May 25th, 2020, and it was, you know, accelerated and exacerbated by COVID supply chain issues. So what that means is that many of the programs that, you know, up till then were struggling with getting funding and tools and staffing, you know, were all of a sudden, you know, asked to be to deliver on these supplier diversity goals that they really weren't positioned to. So, you know, of course, they're the, the automotive industry group and the companies that have been doing this for years, the veterans that are, are, you know, can do this in their sleep. But there's a big knowledge gap that we're seeing, a huge knowledge gap in those companies that are just starting programs, you know, post 2020, or programs that have been in existence, but did not have that executive engagement, uh, tools, budget, et cetera. So big knowledge gap that, um, you know, we're really working with, with some of those programs to close. Yeah. Kelly, really quick. I think yes. one of the things that Lois touched on there is, is, you know, as much pain and turmoil that we've gone through throughout the pandemic and the post pandemic, so many mm -hmm. silver linings that, that have really, uh, reinvented how business is done. Um, those are some of our favorite takeaways from all the heartache of the last three years. You know, that's some good news Absolutely. there. Yep. Absolutely. And and further on that point of good news. Um, so Eileen, you sort of touched upon it in, in your overview. Um, we do in fact start with a good news finding in this report that especially at the executive level, the buy-in, um, I, I believe the number was 81% right, of executive teams are actively engaged with these supplier diversity programs. Mm -hmm. If you can find me 81% of any group 
of any people anywhere that agree about anything, I'm impressed. <laughs> and the fact that that 81 is here, I take as hugely inspiring and affirming. Um, and so I'd be interested to get more on your perspective on that. So what is it that inspires these executives so much? What are the connections that they see yeah. to the type of workforce culture they're trying to, to build? And how does supplier diversity come into that? Yeah, great question. Um, you are right. So um, first of all, that executive engagement is extremely important. Um, you know, now we're not only looking at CEOs, right? The actually board is engaged and, you know, the leaders across the organizations and that's certainly a positive uh, news. And we're seeing more and more organizations are saying that supplier diversity is how they do business, uh, how they operate as a company. Um, they see supplier diversity as a core to who they are. Um, and, and I mentioned kind of earlier that it's aligned with the values and culture, not only for their employees as a company, but also aligned with the values and culture of their customers. Um, and, you know, and that's extremely imp important, right? That they're actually the diverse suppliers that they are investing in is um, has the representation of their customers as well. So um, we've seen uh, over 80 percent um, of the um uh, companies are saying that they're actually seeing this as a part of their social responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. We love seeing that. Um, but it, it's also exciting uh, to see the positive business impact that organizations see. 63% um, actually say that the supplier diversity um, is a not only uh, improves their supply chain competitiveness, which mm -hmm. is extremely important, especially in this day of age, uh, what we're going through, right? Um, and then almost 50% also reports that they've significantly seen an enhancement in their brand image. So again, it's the social responsibility, extremely yes. important alignment with value and cultures of your employees, as well as your customers. But that improving that supply chain competitiveness is a very, very big piece as well that they have been seeing. And it's very, very um, positive from the business impact perspective. Hey, Kelly, right before you, you continue here, I want to share this. This T-Squared kind of echoes what Eileen's saying in some way. And by the way, T-Squared holds down a fourth force on YouTube. Thank you for that. Uh, says, it's about time that the issue of supplier diversity and supplier mm -hmm. pooling is being discussed at the front as part of mm -hmm. corporate strategy. Right. A diverse supplier base can definitely mitigate supplier risk. Kelly, love that. Absolutely. And T-Squared is one of our regulars. He's a fixture here at Supply Chain Now. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thrilled that he's joined us for this session. And actually, it's interesting because I agree. And even within larger procurement, there's always been a debate about does procurement have a seat at the table? Should procurement have a seat at the table? Do they have a seat at the table? Mm -hmm. Right now, I would say supplier diversity is standing on the table oh, is, is sort of my perspective. And Lois, I would be interested to hear from your perspective, given this groundswell of support and the wholehearted buy-in at the executive level, what has that meant for the supplier diversity managers and programs themselves? What does that engagement and enthusiasm allow them to accomplish? So I think one of the things that we see that's really been, you know, um, a great shift has been supplier diversity professionals are being seen and their programs are being seen as strategic initiative. Mm -hmm. And uh, companies are, you know, buying into the fact that supplier diversity, you know, can be directly linked to important things that are important for the overall success of the company. So they can see supplier diversity linked to their revenue drivers, 
uh, other key strategic initiatives, and in fact, supporting the um, being able to achieve overall desired financial outcomes. So that has been probably the, the most um, compelling and uh, thing that has really struck in uh, supplier diversity programs and made their conversations with executives so much different um, than what we've seen in the past. And another way, you know, I'll touch on just one other, you know, way that sure. we've seen this engagement um, shift and, uh, you know, become more impactful. And it's actually from a uh, example from one of our, our customers that's been able to really effectively engage and utilize that engagement and using it to move from engagement to action. And so it's actually uh, Letitia Brandon, who leads the DEI efforts at the container, container store, a uh, uh, committee or a team of one, I'll say. And she was able to con convert uh, that in executive engagement she had with the CMO and CEO mm -hmm. to an active supplier diversity council that's actually chaired by the C CMO and that includes representatives from the senior you know, teams of every team that you know, touches and manages con contracts. So she's able to, at, at this time, in evolve from a team of one mm -hmm. to have a program that was shared accountability and responsibility across the organization. And that's something that I don't think um, you, know, you maybe would have seen happen um, before this level of engagement was achieved. Yeah. Hey, team of one. Hey, hang in there. Reinforcements are coming, right, Kelly? <laughs> Reinforcements are coming. They are coming. And I just have to say, off point, this is not a promotional deal. I love the container store. <laughs> I'm such an organizational. Oh, not, okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> but I think, you know, you talk about the example of Letitia, and I know she has shared her story, which is so important because we all need to hear from the people doing this work. But she's really a translator from enthusiasm into action. If you don't have all of those Leticias out there that are just as driven and just as focused and know the target that they're trying to hit, you know, the, we talk about this being an important moment, but in the grand scheme of things, if we're not careful, it will be a moment. Mm -hmm. And so in order to make this sustainable, it actually serves as a great transition to the second key finding of the report and that's about maybe a little bit of a disconnect between all of the enthusiasm at the executive level and either a lack of clarity or education or resources or direction at the operational level. Mm -hmm. So, Eileen, I'm going to come back to you just to get sort of your overview of, of this observation. It's maybe not as exciting as the first one, but in some ways it's actually more important because this is the groundwork that we need to be focused on doing. Yeah. Um, absolutely. From the perspective of, uh, listen, executive, yes, buy-in um, is extremely important. Yes. They have to be the one who's setting the vision and goals and measurements and accountability within the organization. Right now, we are seeing two-thirds um, of companies still say that they do not hold managers accountable by including supplier diversity metrics as a part of performance yeah. reviews. That's important. If you want, I mean, what measures gets done, right? That's what that's we right. believe in. And that's extremely important for companies to have that. So again, the executive leader buy-in is important, but also measurement and setting goals is very important. So we um, also have been talking a lot um, as I'm you know, discussing with different corporations. And um, one of the big things is 
executive leaders also should invest in the program to be successful, right? Just buy-in is not important, right? That's what I was kind of mentioning earlier about, you know, the staffing, the tooling and, you know, investment in the people. So we just talked about Letitia being one you know, person and Scott is like, wait, you know, people are coming and, you know, the help is coming. Yeah. Absolutely. That has to be right. The systems, the processes, um, you know, the training and creating awareness within the organization is definitely an area that we have to um, make sure that that's, um, you know, that, you know, driving a change from the top down. Um, and then, you know, truthfully, you know, the second finding that we've had um, is, again, the measurement and tracking continues to be a big problem for the yeah. program success, right? Um, and one of the um, reasons why we may be seeing this problem is also because how manual supplier diversity management is still is for many organizations, unfortunately, um, you know, manual to collect information, um, you know, during the supplier onboarding, we've seen that and half of the companies are still manually reaching out to suppliers, you know, as needed. And, um, and that's definitely um, is hard for those programs to be successful. Um, yeah. And, and then the other thing that we've seen, you know, as a key finding was, if you are learning um, if the supplier is diverse or not during onboarding, that's very reactive, right? Not really yes. thoughtfully, you know, planned out. And so, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of kind of a consulting around that too, right? And saying, you know, um, and, and, and another concerning thing is, again, from the measurement perspective is we've seen 26% of the company still says that they are tracking supplier diversity on an Excel that's not scalable. You know, that's all <laughs> procurement. Right? Exactly. I know, but, you know, that kind of a managing and tracking um, is not going to be scalable, right? And so, yeah. luckily, that's kind of the things that we do um, as a part of the organization and our mission. Um, we work with organizations bringing data and technology to yeah. um, really help them, um, at, you know, and scale. So um, another thing that I'm going to suggest, um, one of the things that we're seeing a lot, and this is rel relative to our key finding, the, you know, the, the around measurement and tracking, where we see a big success. Um, we have to give uh, supplier diversity and procurement leaders time um, to actually source these diverse suppliers. So the best in class companies, what I've seen uh, on the road talking, like I said, you know, with as many um, organizations as possible, what works and what doesn't, it works when they actually look at their upcoming um, renewals, upcoming contracts, and, and really, you know, finding ways to infuse those minority businesses and giving time for those supplier diversity and procurement leaders to be able to source those suppliers yeah. and instead of making a last minute. And that's, again, this is part of the measurement, it's part of the tracking, and it's part of actually putting programs in place to you know, ensure the success of these um, diversity uh, supplier diversity programs. I love that. Kelly, why don't you respond to that and then yes. throw it back to me for a couple of quick comments and yes. we'll get Lois's take. No, I will definitely do that. And and I think the big thing that comes to mind for me, Eileen, is that everything you've just described is very real, but it's also not a supplier diversity problem. It's a procurement problem. Mm. And I know, I love the fact that we have Joe Yakura with us here today. He is the data quality guru. So Joe, I've been listening. I've learned everything <laughs> you've said. Everyone has a data problem. 
right? There's companies that know they have data problems and there's companies that have data problems. Mm -hmm. And then yes, Excel spreadsheets. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on with the Excel spreadsheets, right? We, we do need to be scalable. It does need to be trackable, but savings tracking, which is different, but it's a related capability. It has been a problem since there was one procurement person working on a railroad someplace in That's the right. in the U.S. West, right? <laughs> so, uh, so all of these problems are again the solutions to them are both the path forward on supplier diversity, but also the solution to the pressing problems that procurement teams are facing as a whole. So well said, Kelly. Excel's like the duct tape of uh, global supply <laughs> chain or procurement, what have you. Unfortunately. Right. <laughs> a couple quick things here, and, and we're going to try to circle back. I want to give folks in the, in the cheap seats and the, the skyboxes a chance. Uh, Jason poses a great question. And Jason, we may not get to this today. Uh, our team, our, feet, our guests from Supplier Iowa will get all the questions and comments. Maybe there it tees up for a nice cup of coffee after today's session. Jason says, hey, how long does the panel think it'll take for supplier diversity to have prominence in EMEA and APAC? So we'll try to get a quick take there. So thank you for that question. Um, Sheena, love this. She says, I love this discussion. Supplier diversity not only mitigates risk, but it can also support the local economy. Very well said. And then finally, uh, Jeff says, uh, DNI, as well as the overall ESG focus for most large companies, has indeed placed diversity in local, uh, parentheses, lower carbon options front and center, aligning both the environmental and business goals on the same level. Very nice, Jeff. Okay, so uh, y'all keep the comments coming. Again, we may not get to all of them here today, but we'll make sure that the great team over at Supplier IO uh, gets and, and can maybe have a chance to, to speak to many of the mm -hmm. questions and comments that come in. Kelly, so much to get to. We're only halfway through. Where are we going next with our panel? So actually, Lois, I'm going to come to you and ask for maybe some best practices and advice around some of the things that we just talked about with Eileen. So just naming a few that really jump out at me, right? There's the inclusion of uh, specific performance objectives in executive uh, performance measures. Uh, there's the question about reporting. There's the question about timing. There's the question about supplier onboarding. For the companies that you work with, that you see making real headway and that are really succeeding, what are some of the best practices that are allowing them to advance at the operational level? So, um, you know, one of the ways that you can look at this in terms of what's really important to get anything done is in terms of having the appropriate goals in place, yep. um, you know, and being intentional about how those are set. Um, you know, being intentional uh, about goal setting is critical because that's going to be what is going to lead the direction of the supplier diversity and, and determine how much buy-in, um, you know, that comes with that. And so, you know, it, it's important for us to get where we want to get by the CEOs, you know, have goals, communicate them across the organization, yeah. communicate them externally, you know, if we can get them to, and, uh, you know, of course, get it tied to compensation as kind of the gold standard. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, the, some of the other things that we see that are kind of important to, to driving the success, um, and particularly at other levels of the organization, is, you know, kind of moving past the goals, the goals are critically important, but looking at the goals around the activities and things that those people need to do in order for, you know, the success for the supporting diversity program that you want to even happen. And so again, we've got another great customer who, you know, did something that I think is, or is doing something that I think that is really good, which is putting goals around those specific activities. So, um, you know, things such as, and, and they gotta be realistic, you know, when you're talking to the yes. boots on the ground, which is where yeah. the work gets done, 
Uh, you're not going to motivate them if you give them a goal that they don't think is you know, possible to achieve. They'll just move on to, to the next thing. So this particular customer uh, put in very realistic goals around those activities, such things as number of RFPs that include diverse suppliers, total number of diverse suppliers included in RFPs, um, number of counseling sessions or kind of consulting sessions that are held by, you know, the sourcing folks with prospective diverse suppliers that are really, you know, promising to educate them ahead of time about the RFP process. And one of the things that I think is sometimes overlooked, the um, sessions and coaching sessions that are held with the diverse suppliers that are currently in-house or currently using, but that are facing performance problems. So again, I think we focus a lot of our energy on getting diverse suppliers into the house. And yes. it's really as critical to make sure that we're supporting them in their success um, once they're there. So, you know, those sorts of things and, you know, incentivizing that day-to-day um, actions and activities that, you know, if those don't happen, you know, we're never going to get to those, the larger overall organizational goals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I think that's incredibly important. And, and I think in some ways that idea of having realistic goals, they have to be very clear and they have to be realistic. In some ways, it almost flies in the face of the enthusiasm that we've been talking about, because sometimes the enthusiasm says to us, shoot for the moon, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, we are still shooting for the moon. We're just making a couple of little stops along the way, because if you don't get those right incremental improvements that can be demonstrated, then everybody else is like, what moon are you talking about, right? We got to bring everybody with us. I think it's really important. You know, it's a goal. We can all have one. But if you haven't defined a path to get there, Mm -hmm. all everyone is doing is wishing on that star. You know, that's a realistic path, how to get there if you want to achieve it. Uh, I'm sorry. And I think it's motivating to have goals I really think I can meet. You know, I think that is more motivating to me than, uh, you know, we need 15% diverse spend by next year. Uh, I love the points being made here. But I can go back to that moon analogy, Kelly. I don't know about y'all and your parents here, but all I could think about when you said stops along the way is, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But for the, coming <laughs> I from need the to backseat. use the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> Right <laughs> on the way to the moon. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Hey, uh, really quick. Uh, I want to recognize uh, a few so much coming in and we can't get to all of it. But hey, the one and only Kim Winter, I really enjoying uh, from Dubai, enjoying the supply diversity report discussion and uh, the panel diversity. Love that. Uh, hey, you mentioned Phil Odison. He's with us here today. Phil, hope this finds you well. The challenge for procurement as well is how to make diverse supplier involvement Agreed. in a sourcing exercise more than mm-hmm. a check the box, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pencil whipping exercise. Great mm-hmm. point there. Uh, Enrique is with us. Really enjoying discussion. Great to see you, Enrique. Uh, and Anita, one final comment. Anita says, accountability from the top down. We can't do it all alone or keep mm-hmm. one person or group accountable for diversity. Most organizations have creative thinkers that can engage diverse organizations in many ways, some in which procurement may not even think of. Anita, that's right. Man, two thumbs up. That is an excellent so comment. Yeah. Kelly. No, I think it's a fantastic point. And um, Anita, I don't know exactly your position, but I, I have a feeling and it, it actually makes me think of where we're going with this conversation. We've talked about executives. We've talked about procurement. Mm-hmm. We've talked about sourcing mm-hmm. managers. Who we have not talked about is the supplier diversity manager. And let me tell you, as much as the enthusiasm and the excitement is all there, these folks are working so hard with Excel spreadsheets, 
right? In a decentralized decision-making structure, if, if we were all sitting in a conference hall right now, instead of joining from homes and offices, I would say every supplier diversity manager or director that is in this room right now, please stand up so that we can recognize you and recognize the challenges that you've overcome and the hard work that you're putting in every day. Every single one of you in some ways is a team of one. We are coming, right? We're, we're on our way to help. Um, and so if we've talked about leadership vision and boots on the ground, Lois, let's talk about the feet in the boots for just a minute. What are the challenges or the day-to-day -day realities? What's making today's supplier diversity manager's job harder or easier? What is going on within their specific role right now? Um, so what's going on in the role right now where we're seeing a, a dramatic change? I think what's been happening is that there was lack of kind of alignment between mm -hmm. what they're doing and trying to achieve and kind of the, the executive level and a disconnect on what was trying to be achieved and what was needed to support that person yeah. with, the, you know, feet in the boots on the ground, what they needed to, <laughs> to do what they need to do. Yeah. And so, um, you know, now that they've got that engagement, then, you know, we talked about a knowledge gap earlier. Um, now it's, you know, now that you've got that engagement, intentional and deliberate about how you leverage that. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, the thing that, you know, and Eileen touched on, we've got so many of these folks are mired down in manual tasks and pivot tables and you know all of those sorts of things that are just not strategic take a ton of time that are not strategic so it's really important that they you know get these tools and they're out there you know they don't even cost that much they're tools that are out there that can do all of this yeah. and so that is imperative to get you know the supplier diversity managers the the time that they need to work on this alignment issue which which is real because to get realistic goals or to achieve them you know, you got to have alignment with, with the executive level. Yeah. And so this then they got to, I think too, in doing that, they need to change the language. Some of them that they speak, speak the language of business, talk about that connection with the key initiatives um, of the company, the key business drivers of the company, you know, the financial outcomes that supplier diversity can help them achieve. And, um, you know, what we're and a great example that we're seeing of this um, is for some of the successful supplier diversity programs that are out there, um, you know, they are able to coordinate with their sales folks and have their supply, really you know, success yeah. mm -hmm. as a business differentiator, a competitive di differentiator during the sales process. So lots of angles, seeing people doing a lot of creative things to the point that I think one of the, one of the comments that were made, you know, supplier diversity has got to be creative and we're seeing them be creative because there are a million angles um, that all of which need to be attacked to successfully get where we want to go. Yeah, absolutely. And there is no traditional career path no. into or through supplier diversity. If there is a book that says how to be a supplier diversity manager, I've not come across it. Right. And so <laughs> I got it right and, back here, Kelly. It's right oh, back here, huh? not, can I borrow it? Are you done reading it? <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, all of these teams of one, I mean, it's the ultimate example of entrepreneurship, right? You have somebody internally, especially, you know, we talked earlier about there's very mature programs that have been out there in some cases for decades, but there is such an enormous growth of brand new programs and they're all going through that maturity process. And that supplier diversity manager is owning that and building it out as a brand new framework and capability for the company. And so there are educational challenges in addition to time and bandwidth and, and resources and influence and all of that.
I'll one other thing out there that's really important. You talk about there's so many new programs, and then there are the, the programs that have been out there for 50 years. Yes. Um, this industry um, is just unreal in terms of the way that you will see people in within companies that are fierce competitors in the marketplace come together and collaborate on supplier diversity. And you know they will reach a lifeline if you got a question, if you're looking for a diverse supplier in an area that you're having difficulty. You know you can get a lot of support from the supplier diversity managers of other companies. And it really is a, you know, lift one, lift all, um, doing, you know, supporting the greater good uh, that you see that you just don't see in in other um, areas within companies. So lots of opportunities to get help out there. No, there certainly are opportunities to get help. And I mean, we talked a little bit earlier about data. But for anything that you really do want to scale, especially if you have, whether it's one person or a relatively small team of people leading it, you do need to know all of the details that support this passion program within so many companies. Yes. And so there's, I'm pretty convinced that there's nothing that exists without a digital component anymore. And so beyond Excel, right? Please, <laughs> beyond Excel, what are the opportunities that exist to make measurable progress, to measure that progress, to track what good it's doing, whether for the local community or for a larger geography, working with different communities, how can we scale and reinforce these programs by using the digital capabilities that are available to us? Yeah, great question. So a couple of things. Number one thing that we actually heard uh, from all these companies across industries, number one problem, companies report that they can't still find diverse suppliers. They don't know how to find it. And they don't, you know, that's a a very big thing, right? Like you want to have a diverse supplier diversity program, whether, you know, you're a a supplier diversity manager or procurement, you need to be able to find these suppliers, right? And so um, this is something that we try to help organizations a lot. Uh, We have over 2 million diverse suppliers in our database that are certified. And so getting access to credible, accurate data is absolutely critical to any program. So let's, you know, think of this as almost like a foundation, right? That they have to have a good data. Um, Need accurate diversity data to really know where they're at today first, right? And speaking of kind of the, um, what they can do, um, most of the time companies come to us and say, okay, I have thousands of suppliers before I can set goals, before I can do anything, I need to understand what, what is my diverse supplier spend looks like even, right? And so, and they, you know, they want to be able to actually kind of um, learn where they're starting from. So they will um, give us kind of the data and we will actually enrich them and we will be able to tell them and say, okay, here's your diverse spend and for them to be able to set goals for the future. Um, and then the second thing that the both customers, um, you know, the, with companies within our industry has been um, asking us is around, okay, so now I know where I'm at, but I want to be able to find these diverse suppliers. Um, and I want to be able to expand that diverse uh, spend. So the second thing is around from the technology and data perspective, again, for them to be able to have a place where they can go in and you know, almost sift and sort, right? Like be able to say, I'm looking for a facilities management company that is woman-owned, that is in Chicago, and this zip code. That kind of a again, tooling and process is gonna help for programs to be successful, as well as that access to that kind of a data. 
And then the third thing that we've been hearing a lot is around, okay, so now I know where I'm at. Now I know how to find them, but I really want to be able to set realistic goals. Lois talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, for that, there's two things that we've been hearing a lot from, right? They want to know benchmarking. They want to be able to actually um, understand, you know, for their industry where, um, you know, the benchmarks are. And so this is something that um, we worked on a lot, right? Um, to be able to give organizations Again, the actionable insight is an extremely important word for us, and we live by that, right? Um, so we wanted to be able to show that uh, benchmarks for their industry, but also ability to know where they're at compared to their industry and where the areas for improvements are. Um, so again, setting goals is one thing, but setting goals based on data, right? And yeah. in, in, right, like the achievable. Um, measurable um, goals is extremely important. And then the last but not least, you mentioned, you know, in your question around, um, um, you know, there are a lot of companies are actually reporting their program results now publicly. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, as a part of, you know, and we do this, you know, economic impact and um, reports and uh, you'll be amazed, right? The companies are, some of them are utilizing for internally as well as with their executive team and their board but also some of them are actually um sharing it publicly and saying this is something that we believe in we're going to continue to um invest in it and here's the economic impact that we're actually seeing more we invest so that sets a very high bar um, it does ensure that you have accurate data <laughs> as the foundation of your program because you're publicly actually stating right and so uh, and that's kind of where we um help and and i think that's extremely important love that Huge, massive cost for bad data uh, is kind of also what you're implying which is so much truth there um kelly uh your quick response and then we're going to finish with a flurry of lots of resources and some advice. Kelly, your thoughts first. Though. Actually, I'm going to defer to Lois. Did you want to jump in? You know, I did. Um, and one, I think there's one thing that's really important that we, we haven't touched on yet. And that if we're going to hit these aggressive goals that are out there, you know, we're not going to be able to do more of what we've done. Um, you know, because you're, you're just not going to do achieve 500% return on just running faster. Um, and technology and they're, you know, tools that we talked about that can automate some of the manual tasks. But even that alone doesn't get us to the need to be able to keep up with the speed of business. Supplier diversity has got to keep up with the speed of business. Sure. It, it is going to get where we need to go. And that is going to be the thing, too, that's going to make it sustainable. Yeah. But, um, you know, so we've got to put the tools directly in the hands of the people that are the decision makers at the time they need to make the decision. And so once those tools are kind of in a separate part of the organization or I got to go ask somebody, you know, you're, you're not going to hit the mark. So yes. just to, to such a good, let's not fool ourselves, right? Let's not fool That's ourselves. Right. Uh, what a great uh, uh, comments from both you, Eileen and Lois. Jason, going, going back to data, data integrity is, uh, integrity is critical. Yes. Excellent point there. Uh, Bill, big comment here, but lots of resources there. The Commonwealth of Massachusetts, um, Go Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, Dawn, you're talking about the books. Uh, Dawn says Hacking Supplier Diversity by Scott A. Vows, PhD. That's awesome. out there. And then Kristen offers up Supplier Diversity for Dummies by Kathy Porter. Great route there. So thank you all very much for dropping that in the comments. We have um, a very high standard for our audience members here <laughs> at, at Dial P. They're well-read. They're well-connected. They're getting their jobs done. 
Oh man, I get a I get a certification, Eileen and Lewis. Every time I sit down with Kelly and all of her friends. Um, okay, so let's do this. I want to um, uh, kind of circle back with you both. One of the last questions we want to pose to you is about uh, getting more advice. Uh, so, Lewis, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, what advice would you give to supplier diversity programs who want to make the most out of this moment and set themselves up for success in 2023? Um, so the first thing I would say is set realistic goals um, based on where you currently are. Benchmarking is great. Let you know what the potential for your program is, but set realistic goals. You know, that's the first way to set yourself up for success is to set a goal you can never achieve. So I think that's um, first. Um, then to Celebrate the small wins that your team is having. You know, you really want to keep them motivated. So celebrate those. Celebrate diverse suppliers that you're currently using that are successful um, and showcase those. And as importantly, showcase the internal stakeholders, whether they be sourcing managers, vendor managers, stakeholders in the business that are supporting and work with those vendors. So start really showcasing and build enthusiasm around the people that are, are supporting your program internally. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing I would say is be intentional and deliberate. You know, you've got limited time. It's important that you spend it in the areas and places and in the conversations where you're going to deliver the most impact. Don't waste. You don't have time to waste. Love that, Lois. Man, sense of urgency. Uh, be deliberate. Be intentional. All that. Um, and celebrate small wins. That gets overlooked so often in, in so many aspects of global business. Um, Aline, what else would you add to that? We talk about advice and for folks that really want to uh, do big things, get get different results, right? Not just business as usual. What advice would you offer? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I agree 100% with everything Lois said. Um, we have an incredible um, opportunity to make a both positive and social uh, impact um, by investing in diverse suppliers. Um, that's, you know, very important. Clearly, what we've talked about since, you know, from the beginning is that building the business K on why companies should, you know, invest in it as not, not the problem now, right? Um, but we are seeing, uh, you know, people and companies are recognizing that the supplier diversity is um, key driver in, again, supply chain competitiveness, we talked about diverse and inclusive workforce and um, sustainable procurement, um, uh, positive impact and brand image. So, now companies again need to really spend that time on how we're going to make these programs successful and to be able to do that we discussed executive buy-in is very important yes but at the same time as important uh right measurement right tracking process technology to be able to really support um and scale your program so i strongly suggest that um you learn your industry benchmark. We talked about that. And then Lois mentioned that, yes, but at the same time, make sure you set, you know, achievable goals, right? Um, so that's extremely important. And then today's world, um, the talent you need to hire and retain cares about what you do, um, cares about this, and your current and future customers cares about this. So um, to be able to, again, to be successful program is going to really require you to um, train and communicate the strategy to the entire company. Yeah. I refuse to think that the supplier diversity is the supplier diversity manager's job alone, right? Supplier diversity, and, and Kelly, you mentioned earlier too, this is a procurement. This is not just, you know, like this is a procurement challenge, it's a supplier diversity yes. management challenge. And 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 we have to work as a as a whole organization to make these programs successful and and to make sure that all buyers, direct and indirect, take a part on this as well. Um, and then last but not least, 
Most successful programs have very integrated uh, processes. We mentioned depth, you know, earlier, um, and you know, focusing on the data-driven, um, actionable insights, decisions in your plan. Um, demonstrate um, at all times how you'll keep people accountable, and then last but not least. Always have a de detailed expected result. Uh, I'm, you know, leading an organization. I talk about this all the time for our company as well, right? Um, that we have to measure, we have to detail our expected results, and um, you know, we have to have the accountability there. And so, I would strongly recommend for your programs to be successful, have those in place. Well said, and, and Kelly, I'm gonna get your quick comment before we make sure folks when I connect with Eileen uh, and Lois. But hey, uh, not only do your team members and customers. Uh, care about it to, to Eileen's point, but they're more and more they're expecting it, and that's a great uh, movement and trend that we're seeing too. Kelly, your quick comment on Lois's and Eileen's advice here today. Well, I have good news, Scott. I know this is one of your favorite parts of any live stream. True. I just found my T-shirtism. <laughs> I found it, Eileen. <laughs> I refuse to accept that supplier diversity is the supplier diversity manner's job. Right and. Again, just like with the challenges we talked about that are procurement's challenges and everyone in operations challenges, mm -hmm. this is the same thing true. And you can take out the word or the phrase supplier diversity and put in risk. You can put in sustainability, right? Mm -hmm. And so this type of program, a really effective entrenched supplier diversity program has to be looked at as being just as all-encompassing as risk management, as sustainability, right? Mm -hmm. As any of these things that contribute not just to operational effectiveness, but brand mm -hmm. value in the marketplace. And so That's I it. think everyone needs mm -hmm. to own in a slightly different way, but <laughs> everyone needs to own the vision as well as those realistic goals, Lois, that you talked about setting. Well said. Okay. Um, I want to I want to do this. Uh, there's a great report, folks. Uh, as if Eileen and Lois already brought it today. A lot of good stuff in the last hour, but there's more. Y'all can download this report, the 2022 State of Supplier yeah. Diversity Report, from our friends at supplier.io, and the link is right there in the comments. And it's easy. I downloaded it earlier uh, this week. Uh, great read, chock full of of uh, the data points, which is yeah. one of my favorite things. Uh, and and I love how you laid it out too. It it almost it's easy to read and follow. You want to turn to the next page. You want to turn to the next page. So I love that. Y'all keep doing great work. Um, all right. So how can Lois? We'll start with you. How can folks connect with you and learn more, and maybe even have a cup of coffee? Well, probably um, easiest to connect with me through LinkedIn. So um, that would be the preferred channel, and love to have coffee. So just that easy. There's so much to talk about. And by the way, not only do we get great advice from Eileen and Lois and Kelly. The comments are full with uh, things that we'll have to add to next year's uh, state of supply diversity report, perhaps. Aline, mm -hmm. same question. How can folks connect with you? Yeah, you can connect with me through LinkedIn. Um, you can always go on our website, not just for me, but also as an organization. We would love to hear from you. And then the third thing is if you want my email address, it's eileen.basim at supplier.io. So that's easy. And our website is www.supplier.io. So it's very easy to find us and would love to connect with you, answer your questions and help support your success. Oh, I love that. Uh, Kelly, big thanks to our uh, wonderful guests here today. Huh? They hit it out of the park as expected, right? Oh, we would take nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, thank you so much, Eileen Basum, CEO of Supplier.io, and Lois Iecker, uh, Vice President of Customer Success as well. Love what y'all brought today. There's so much to learn, and thank you for taking time to share it. Thank, thank you, Scott. Thank yeah. you, Kelly. Appreciate Look, having us. We will Appreciate talk it. with you soon. Thank you so much. Man, 
Eileen and Lois. Uh, we, we, now, Kelly, we promised folks it was going to be one heck of a one-two punch, yes. right? That was a jam-packed hour. So here, you already shared your T-shirt-ism uh, from <laughs> us, which I love. I refuse to believe that too. Yes. Um, but what else? You know, folks, we covered so much ground. And folks, make sure we dropped not only how to connect with Eileen and Lois in the, in the comments, but we also dropped an easy one-click um, link so you can download that report. Check that out. It's, it's must-see um, data and leadership guidance and a lot more. If you if you also refuse to set the current state of supplier diversity, make sure you check that out. But hey, Kelly, what should folks keep on the radar from the last hour? What were some of your favorite takeaways? So I think the big thing that people should should keep in mind is that what we discussed over the last hour, as much ground as we covered, and we covered a lot of ground, right, in terms of making supplier diversity programs work in the big picture, that was maybe the first three pages of the report. There is so much else in there, and it's fascinating. So for instance, I remember Jason Roberts asked that question about moving into different regions of the world. Right. Global supplier diversity is an early days kind of movement, but year over year, the progress is really inspiring. And so there, there are nuanced challenges that have to be overcome. What's diversity in North America is not the same as what's diversity in EMEA or in Europe, right? right. Every region has its own makeup, but there is information about globalization in there as well as how it's spreading. There is just so much to think about. And certainly I know Lois and Eileen and the rest of the supplier.io team are happy to discuss. I'm happy to discuss as well. This report really is, of course, now I know there's at least two books about supplier diversity that I'm <laughs> going to put right at the top of my reading list. In addition to those, though, this report is required reading because it is so data-driven. Yes, And I think that for many organizations is sort of the last piece of the puzzle. They know this is the right thing to do. They know it is good for them. They know it is good for the customers and the communities that they work with. But having that hard data foundation, you simply can't move forward without that in any business setting. So take a look through the entire report and then reach out to, to any of us, the whole team at Supplier.io um, or any of us involved in the live stream today. Well said. Yeah. Uh, all about the outcomes. It's not it really just is. the right thing to do. It impacts the business. It impacts the ecosystem uh, with tons of value. So y'all check that out. Uh, big thanks to all the uh, great feedback we got today, Bill uh, and Kristen. And Emmanuel, Emmanuel, I saw you had some great questions asked. Uh, of course, all of our partner here, partners here will get those, and hopefully we can have some conversations after today. Because you heard Kelly say, she's happy to discuss. Lois and Eileen are happy to discuss. Hey, we're all happy to discuss this stuff. This is really <laughs> good. This is a, a great development and great shift in how business is done. And, and it, it, these are steps we've got to take. So, Kelly, big thanks. Um, thanks for your key takeaways, your T-shirtisms. How you navigated the conversation. Folks can find Dial P for Procurement wherever they get their podcast from. A new episode drops every Thursday, including every Thursday. today and Thanksgiving. So you'll have something a little extra to be thankful for. Um, and then this episode itself will be the Thursday after. So plenty of opportunities. There's no statute of limitations on asking questions about this content. Sorry. Whenever and wherever you find it, please reach out to somebody if you have a question. Lean in, lean in, take action, deeds, not words. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us here today. Really enjoyed. Kelly, uh, loved the conversation you brought. Appreciate what, all that you did. 
Big thanks, Eileen and Lois, the whole team over at Supplier.io for helping to facilitate these conversations with right. data, right? And steps you got to take. Big thanks to all the comments we got. I can't wait to go back and, and look at them and, and have some uh, uh, post-show conversations. But folks, whatever you do, you got to take action. Deeds, not words. That's, that's the name of the game. So on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now and Dial P for Procurement. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dial P for Procurement and for being an active part of the Supply Chain Now community. Please check out all of our shows and events at supplychainnow.com. Make sure you follow Dial P for Procurement on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook to catch all the latest programming details. We'll see you soon for the next episode of Dial P for Procurement.